I'm Ingrid Stair, and this is Relationships in Progress. Relationships in Progress is where I talk to people about relationships uh, in progress and how we get to be in relationships from dating experts to people who do our hair and our, our makeup and people who find us really great suits that we can wear for a special occasion, whether it be to go to a friend's wedding or whatnot so that you can maybe try to hit on some people. Who knows? Um, I want to talk to everybody, all kinds of different people who can help along in the process of dating while I look for hopefully the love of my life. I, I'm, I'm excited to start telling some stories about my dating experiences because they are interesting to say the least. And so I'm, I'm with you, everybody out there who is single, especially in middle age, trying to date. Today, I'm super excited to have someone who I've, we've, we've worked together. We did a, a conference call for BCC, which is um, a, a certification that we both have for board certified coach. Um, it's for, from the Center of Credentialing and Education. And we did, we did a really cool uh, workshop kind of conference call. His name is Sam Johnson. He is a licensed uh, counselor in Pennsylvania. And he's also a coach, as I said. So what that means is that while he, what it means is if you're licensed as a counselor, you only work in that particular area. But as a coach, we can work nationwide and worldwide. And he does just that. He specializes in trauma and he specializes in working with couples and trauma. So this might get a little personal for me for, I do talk about it pretty openly. I was in an abusive relationship and um, I, I want to talk to him a little bit about, and I know that right now with COVID lockdowns and, and I was looking at the numbers as they were increasing with domestic violence uh, all across the world. I know that this will reach somebody out there who is dealing with trauma. And I really am excited to talk with Sam and see if we can get some help. Hi, Sam. Hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm just, I, I'm, I'm truly blessed and excited to be here. Thank you so much for asking. I am so excited that you're here too. So let's jump in. You work with, I mean, interestingly enough, when we did it, when we did our, um, our, our conference, yeah. I was the one who was tasked with doing the neuroscience part of it, which you know, can be a little, uh, that's uh, hard. We, to jumped, we jumped in and helped each other. So it was a tag <laughs> team. Yeah. Well, you also, what I really love and what I love about you being on here is that you give actionable tips and that's what you did. And that's what I'm really looking for to help people. Great. So the trauma, how did you get started working with people in trauma? Well, I, I experienced my own uh, trauma history uh, as well. And, um, I uh, was sought therapy throughout my life. Um, and it wasn't until I was, I, I would say in my early thirties that a therapist, and I'm gonna use her voice, okay? So she said, um, honey, you're not depressed, you have trauma. <laughs> and like the world opened up that day for me. And um, she started using an approach called EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. And that's why we call it EMDR, because <laughs> that's such a long name. Um, but I, I um, got healed from, from what happened uh, in, in my experience. And um, I am now on a God-given soul mission 
to help other people get healed because the most untrue statement that any person who has trauma hears is you just have to live with it. No, you don't. You do not have to live with trauma. I agree. Not true. Anyone can be healed from it. I, I agree. And I think that it is such an incredible an incredible experience when you do break free from it. Um, yeah. You know, I'd always heard you had to forgive your person or you had to forgive and so on. And I was like, that's never going to happen. <laughs> and then I did because I healed. I, I put myself through my own program of loving myself and looking back and how did this happen to me and so on. And, so, and it, it carries so much more trauma being in a domestic violence situation we're adult people. I, I do want to talk a little bit about child sexual abuse too. I know that EMDR is extremely helpful for people with um, child sexual abuse, or it can be very helpful for people. Um, and so, and those numbers are absolutely astonishing and staggering and, and horrific as far as the number of people who have been sexually abused in the United States and, and also worldwide. But it's an amazing thing what forgiveness does and what, what healing does and so on and so forth. Um, so can you talk a little bit about um, what types, what, is there something that qualifies as trauma or is it yeah. different for everyone? That's a super, that's a really super and thoughtful question because um, yeah, sometimes we hear that word trauma and we're like, well, I wasn't raped. Well, I wasn't abused as a child. Well, I didn't live through a fire. I didn't go to Iraq. Um, and so the, the definition for me uh, of trauma is any experience, any memory that a person has that when they have it, when it comes up, when they think about it, causes them discomfort or distress, okay? So, hi, Ingrid, nice to meet you. You have trauma, and you can say the same thing to me because n nobody gets out of this world without having, and talk about COVID, talk about being on social media, talk about looking at any form of media, and you're gonna be traumatized. Um, because from this definition of anything that when you recall it causes you discomfort or distress. So that, that is what can be healed. Okay. Uh, so ha ha with that definition of, of that, can other types of more severe trauma be healed as well? Yeah. Can yeah. Yeah. So it goes from, it, it goes from this, this, we, in, in our business, we call it little T traumas and then big T traumas. So, and, and the person gets to define what, what they want to call a little T and a big T. But yeah, it, it, it covers the, the whole range. Okay. And so what I know about, and I'm not a, a therapist, I'm not a counselor, I'm a coach, very specifically relationship coach. And so what I do know about EMDR and what we do to, to our degrees as far as and what I trained in is we do a little bit of uh, light, I'm not a hypnotherapist either, but light hypnotherapy yeah. and um, a little bit of memory, kind of a memory um, changing that neural pathway as, as far as the memory is concerned. So people take control over the memory and that's been helpful for people. So we do a little bit of, we get into more of that more relaxed brain wavelength yeah. state which is the alpha state we get in there and then we're just chill and we talk about the memory and we talk about the memory and then we give 
I give the client the opportunity to start changing that memory. And then through hypnosis and, you know, try trying to work between the two parts of the brain, crossing those together, we seal that memory and that helps the client. Mm -hmm. So um, with EMDR, my understanding is, is that I would move my eyes back and forth and tell my trauma story till it starts to become desensitized. Is that pretty accurate? It's, it's in the ballpark, but okay. something, something that is nice about EMDR, and by the way, I, I um, specialize in, in several trauma treatments, um, and EMDR is, is known, but there's also a trauma treatment called progressive counting. There's trauma treatment called um, uh, internal family systems. Um, that are also really, really effective. I also do one called TANT. It, it's less known. That's um, trauma art nar narrative therapy. Um, there's, there's more than uh, one way to skin the trauma cat, as, as, as I like to say it. I want to come back to the, I did see that, and I want to ask you questions about the family dynamics. Um, family family systems? Yeah, it's family yeah. system. But first, so it's interesting you mentioned, so I, I do know that about the EMDR, I think a little bit, like yeah. you said, I've touched it in the ballpark, but you mentioned the narrative therapy. So a lot of this is about the stories that we tell. Yes. And so yeah, the, the, negative, the negative cognition, the belief that we carry about our memory is um, what needs to be transformed. Now, um, EMDR has its way of doing it. PC has its way of doing it. Hypnosis has its way of doing it. And I'm, I'm open to like, you know, and neurofeedback has its way of doing it. And IFS has its way of doing it. But yeah, the, the, the belief that we hold, um, and you know, I should, I should throw in there. There's, there's psychomotor psychotherapy and there's also, um, uh, uh, sensory motor psychotherapy. So there are also body therapies. I, I don't specialize in those, but and the reason I want to say that is go out there, go, go out there if you're suffering with trauma and find the one that fits you. If, if you've been told you're not a good candidate for EMDR or it didn't work for you, know that there are other options. Um, but but to, to back up, you, you had asked, to, and, and the one thing I'd add about the EMDR is that yes, it can be eye movements or it might be taps back and forth on the shoulder or, you know, snapping back and forth. Um, so that, that's called bilateral stimulation. But one doesn't have to tell their story to someone else. One has to tell their story to themselves. So you actually don't have to, because that can be really scary, really frightening for people thinking, I don't want to go tell what happened. Um, and the great thing about some of these therapies are, that's great. You don't have to tell anyone. You only have to feel and, and be open and be present to your story. And EMDR and these other therapies help soften that experience enough for that story to be told. That's interesting because, um, well, first of all, I really, it's interesting to me too, in terms of the narrative, you know, it used to be old psychology would say that you're, you're, who you are as a person is formed by the time you're six, seven years old, which is when that part of the, you know, it, 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 that's who you are. Yeah. But now know with their narrative therapy and positive psychology, that's not true. Yeah. That your narrative is largely made up of stories other people tell about right. you. And neuroplasticity, and right? So our brain is, is plastic. 
Yes. And that's also what happens in abuse situations and emotional abuse, um, which, you know, leads to oftentimes physical abuse as well as um, verbal abuse, where somebody is telling you the story of who it is that you are, and then you start to buy into it. Yeah. So, so narrative therapy and working with people and trauma is so, so important. You control your story, not yeah. that person told that story about you. Or, or if I may add, and I'm, I'm fully in agreement here, but let's add, if we hear our story, right, the, 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 um, the repair that happens when we hear our story from another in a new light. I was just listening this morning to this um, boy who was um, uh, abused as a child, and there, the boy said, well, he was an adult, but the, 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 he, told, he said his mother had her own problems, but the one thing that he latched onto, he heard from her, and I just love this, it melts me, he said, um, Johnny, you have a golden core and nobody can touch that. You know, so, so when we hear stuff, so like, you know, from mirror neurons, when we hear our story retold to us as well, and that's a little bit in neuro-linguistic processing too, right? Um, that that our story gets transformed as, as well when we tell it and when others tell it to us. So you're talking about when people are bringing up the the positive parts of it, or you're talking about just in general? You're yeah, I'd, I'd say okay. just in general. Yeah. Okay. Um. So let's talk a little bit about what would be. Uh, I want to I want to work on like challenging stuff. Okay. Um, one of your more difficult cases, give me an idea of what you, what kind of work you had to do and what kind of case it was. We'll do a case study kind of thing. Okay. And so how long it took, because I want people to know that in, in my work with, with coaching and, and, um, you know, depending on the type of trauma, it's, it might be something that I field out to other people, um, yeah. you know, depending um, nevertheless, I want people to know the people that I'm working with, there's a beginning point and an end point of what it is that we're going to be doing here together. And I want people, but I also want people to hang in there. Five yeah. sessions, anything is not going to help you. Just yeah. let's get out of yeah. the way. Right now. Yeah. And so, so in, in trauma treatment, um, in a, in a classical sense. So when I'm saying classical, I'm meaning EMDR. Okay. So in a classical trauma treatment, um, trauma would be covered in as many memories as there are that hold discomfort. So when we were talking about, you know, the definition of trauma. So I've worked with some people who are younger and who have a short trauma history. And, you know, here's an example, um, a, a car accident. So I, I worked with a, a young person who was in a, a pretty horrific car accident. We did, you know, because there were other memories, and I don't, I'm not going to go into detail, but th there were some other memories, some difficult things from childhood. But it, it was a pretty um, not, not overwhelmingly distressing case. We were probably done in, in two, three months, okay? Um, then we start talking about, so, so that's sort of your classic experience with trauma. You know, that, that's what... Um, the diagnostic, the diagnosis is for of post-traumatic stress disorder. When there's this discrete event that 
causes us to, to have trauma reactions. Then what we have is the other areas is complex and developmental trauma. And that's when people who have experienced childhood trauma and it goes on and on and on and on. Mm -hmm. That we're talking childhood sexual abuse, childhood physical abuse. And childhood just neglect and, and confusing relationships with their caregivers. Mm -hmm. Now that's more complicated, right? So even the definition, right? Complex trauma. Um, that, that can be longer. That takes longer. Um, and, and insurance companies aren't thrilled about this, but we're talking two, three years and, and maybe longer. And in some cases, right. maybe people just hang around therapy for a while because they need that. Um, but so, so when it comes to a, a complex case, um, I, I mean, I would say probably, you know, uh, again, in the ballpark, two, three years. And in, in terms of your question, what, what would you like to know? Because I, I also have to be careful about protecting client work, you know, so. You pretty much answered it, okay. just to know okay. about, you know, what would be a difficult case, maybe a case study, how long okay. would that take? Um, and, and it's interesting, you know, I want to go back and touch on whether you talk about it or you're not, you're not talking about it. I'm guessing you you can have this internal thing and you're sitting there and you're, you're working with your therapist. Yes. There's so much power in, in talking about it, especially when it comes to like verbalizing it outwards, because there's so much in abuse situations, in domestic violence, as well as child sexual abuse that is cloaked in secrecy, that when the person gets an opportunity to finally just throw off the coat and say, this is what's up, it gives that person so much power. Would, it, would you agree with that? It, it is, it is, but but let me add, there are some, that the, the gold standard for trauma treatment before EMDR came along was, was talk therapy. And it was, and it was incredibly helpful and people got better except for those who didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and they're the ones that they're the people that when they hear talk about it, freeze and right. panic. Yeah. So, so I'd like to also, and, and I, I'm in full agreement with you talking about it decreases the power that it has. However, this fear about talking about it prevents some people from going to treatment. Got it. So, so it is both. It's both. It, yes. It. But, but, but also knowing you, you aren't going to have to talk about it if you don't want to. And you might find out that after recovery, you may be okay with talking about it then. But right now that that's okay. You don't have to talk about it right now. Got it. Got it. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And so, because um, I can see where it would be something that would be very difficult, you know, certain things people wouldn't want to talk about it and certain yeah. personality types wouldn't want to. But again, I know that it's especially important to do it to for, for me, um, because I'm an extrovert, you yeah. know, and I want really? to talk about I, I would have never known that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, um, and I want to talk about things because I'm figuring it out in my head. But also yeah. what it did for me when I was able to start talking about it is, you know, it broke the trauma bond, which right. is a real yeah. thing. Um, and I want to talk about that, what, you know, what trauma bonding is and how, how, what are some ways that we can break it? Okay. How, 
Um, yeah, to, to talking about it, like you said, and and you know, cause I, I think I think from an, an attachment lens, a, a, from relationships, right? And I know that that's your your area too. So one of the things that it, with this trauma bond, right? So there's an attachment. So what what can we reattach or unattach from, and then attach to? So um, one of the things that that I do in therapy is help people find something else that they can attach to. And maybe at first it's their pet, or maybe it's their stuffed animal, or maybe it's their um, vision of God, or maybe it's themselves. Maybe they need to find their, and, and that's where, and we haven't talked about it, but that's where this internal family systems therapy happens. It's in internal attachments. So we can, we can become our own parent, we, we become what we always needed, but never got. And we can do that by meeting with parts of ourselves. So um, uh, one, other, one other way of, of thinking of, of that is, so um, I just, um, and there's a book title, this is by the, the developer, the person who found um, internal family systems. Richard, Richard Schwartz. Uh-huh. I yeah. homework. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Through his clients. Good job. A plus, Ingrid. <laughs> um, you are the one you've been waiting for. You are the one you've been waiting for. It's so interesting because, you know what, and so what, now I'm going to do some of the stuff that I actually did prepare for too while we're talking because I found it really interesting. It talks about how there's, uh, and we talk, I talk about it in coach speak is that we have operating systems and yeah. these operating systems are developed from our family. And that power through narrative things and coaching to change that. But this talks about how there's exiles manager. And I noticed on your Facebook page, which I, I love your Facebook page. It's very motivational. It's <laughs> the, what, what is it? Say 4, it out loud. 4C LTD, the number four. Mm -hmm. And it, there's a lot of information inspirational things on there and you had something about exiles the other day yeah. about them carrying the burden and the memory so can you yeah. talk a little bit about that because that's that's kind of interesting there it is interesting i could talk about this all day i just love it um what internal family systems says is we're all carrying a cast of characters or family inside of us and we all use language like, well, a part of me would love to go to this party, but a part of me just wants to crash on the couch, watch Netflix and eat a tub of haagen right? So we already talk in parts, okay? And parts all have really good intentions for us, right? Because chilling on the couch sounds great and going to a party sounds great, okay? And an exile, so this is the crash course, right? The two-second course on this. Um, and an exile is a part of the system, a part of our cast of characters, a part of our system that has been um, asked to be hidden or put in a position to be hidden because it carries pain, hurt, and shame. So it doesn't overwhelm us, overwhelm the system. And what internal family systems does, and I'll say EMDR and PC, 
and hypnosis, et cetera, do is unburden the system of that exile that's that's holding it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know there's probably a million it. questions <laughs> there. No, but. but when in Coach Speak, we talk about it in terms of breaking it down with neuroscience. There's the sympathetic nervous system, the parasympathetic nervous system. So I'm going to tie this in, and you tell me how it ties in because I know it's it's similar. Uh, it sounds similar. Um, and so we talk about the sympathetic nervous system is your fight and flight system. Uh The parasympathetic nervous system is rest and digest. That's your more empowered system. And so sometimes this sympathetic, but, but there's no bad system in you. Like you said, it's always there to protect you. So Mm -hmm. you build up is what's called transforming an operating system. That, that system that you learned, um, and there's something called core transformation where we figure out what is this trying to serve for you? Because we know that what we're ma- meant to do, your, your neurobiology is all there to help you survive. Yes. Uh, especially when you're dealing with trauma, which is what happens to people when they start to unlock it and they uncover it. You're so used to being in a fight and flight all the time that when it starts to come down, that's when you start being like, oh my God, what's happening to me? Did people get sick? They start, what, what's going on with me? And every, because you're starting to just now absorb what actually really, your brain is beautifully designed to protect you. Your body is beautifully designed to protect you from this stuff. Yeah. And so it, it, what you're talking about with this, with this is that you are, are you, picking apart the pieces then eventually? Are you finding out what these things are serving? Well, the parts... Is that part of it? The the parts... I got excited about talking. (laughs) The parts parts will speak for themselves. So so I don't don't make assumptions about anyone else's system. But But I invite them to speak. And, and they do. And I know this sounds really woo-woo, um, but when, when people are in a safe environment, when, when people um, trust their own system and trust my system, trust the self of my system, um, those parts will, will start to, to talk. Um, now, not, not like a seance, you know, so it's not... <laughs> It's not like an out-of-body experience per se, although some clients may feel it that way. Um, but we just invite, right? So in, in, so, in, in some therapies, there's this like, we'll just tell it what to do, right? We're just gonna nail it to the wall and you sick it. And, you know, and, and this therapy is inviting parts of us to be spoken for. Why does that part of you want to protect you? Why is it working so hard, right? And when the client gets to know that part, then there's a relationship with it, right? And so we were talking earlier, in relationships, in attachment, there's safety and trust. When that safety and trust is there, then this protective part allows the client and me as a guide to go to the exile and, and allow it to unburden. Have you ever worked with somebody who 
was so traumatized by something that they, it, it just wasn't working. What day is today? Tuesday? Wednesday? Yeah, which, which day does that happen? <laughs> because, well, but I think that a lot of it is, it is what is more of a reluctance to go there. Yeah, you know and, and, I mean? and, this, and this invites, see, this is, this is an inviting therapy. So it invites the parts it, that have done their darndest, that have fought the good fight, that are yeah. just so beautiful. And I, I, I get emotional about this because I have fierce protectors. You have fierce protectors, Ingrid. And all they ever do is fight the good fight for us and they get treated like garbage. They get treated like garbage by other people and they get treated like garbage by us. And when we can develop a relationship with, with them, when we can understand them and see them and hear their story, right? When we can see them from their perspective and say, I get it, you just were working for me. You just care about me. And we can see their love for us. It literally changes everything. And when that happens, Ingrid, back to your question about when does this happen, that's when the person transforms, right? So I've said, what, what day of the week? And then what day of the week is it? You can ask me that question too, when people it stop in. It just happened this morning. I was talking with a person and um, we, were, we were working with it. And I, what we call it being the hope merchant. It's all I do. I'm a salesman. I, I peddle in hope. So want some hope here? You want it over here? Where, where do you want to get your hope? And, I, uh, and I'm a continual salesman on selling hope. And until it lands, and I, I was trying this, I was trying this, I was trying this, and then, ah, it clicked. The light bulb clicked. And then she's like, okay, let's go. Let's go. Let's get to work. Um, I get what you're saying. I get it. But, it's but language, right? Language doesn't land for every part based to those neurology and and how, how it hears it and how it lands. I know what you're talking about. Cause when it happened for me, it's like, I'm never going to forgive this. It's not forgivable. Sometimes you can't forgive people and this isn't, you know, so you're thinking it's not working. It's not working. It's not working. It's not working. And then all of a sudden, yeah. I, yeah. I sat here on this floor, the same yeah. thing I do with a bunch of my clients. I lit a whole bunch of candles. I did all the, the thing that I told you about with the, you know, uh, medit started meditation, go through and visualization and all. And it, it happened. It was magic. I laid yeah. on the floor. I cried. It was, and I, I, it, I've just walked away from it since then. Yeah. And, and you want to bottle that stuff. Thing. You just don't know how though. <laughs> It's, it's, it's such a freeing thing. So it didn't work until it worked. And that's what you're yeah. talking about, right? Yes. It doesn't yeah. work until it works. And, and the interesting thing, at least for me, about this therapy is when, when I'm guided by what we call self, so um, uh, the purest part of you, okay? when I'm guided by self, myself is, is hopeful. That's all that self has to offer. So if I'm getting frustrated, if I'm getting irritated, if I'm getting, oh, they'll never get this, that's a part. And, and I have ways to invite that to give me space so I can keep peddling in hope because it's all I've got. I love got. 
that. I really, I think that's wonderful, the idea of peddling hope and what we do. And I don't do what you do. I do not work in trauma. Um, I work with couples. I work with high stakes relationships. Um, I work, um, sorry, my phone's um, battery's going low. Um, I work in with single people. I work with them to help them find better relationships with themselves so that they can find better relationships with other people. I work with matchmaking and I work with um, couples and, and in particular, maybe high stakes relationships where they've tried counseling and it's just not coming together. And in particular, when people have a lot at risk, family business, um, lots of money, lots of family love that they don't want their grandkids to see grandma and grandpa get divorced or, you know, whatever. So I don't work in the, the trauma field, but I have a lot of respect for people that do because it must be something that is, to quote that, you know, Jerry Maguire quote, um, a, up at dawn, pride swallowing siege, because you, you can see the other, it's like when I work with couples yeah. and there's behind me and I know you guys love each other. You just don't trust each other. Let's keep going. You know it, that it's there, but they don't know it. And they've tried other stuff before they've come to you and they're so scared. Right. And they, 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 they're like, this isn't going to work either. Yeah. So we both kind of work with kind of yeah. hopeless people, but in different ways. Right. The way station of last resort, you know, I, I think about it, it's Dante's Inferno on, on uh, the inscription of hell. It says, abandon all hope, ye who enter here. And it, it, that's my job. I'm, I'm the hope bringer. It's all I got. I love it. So as we're wrapping up, is there something that you can, because of something that, that has touched me personally, um, is there something that you would advise maybe to help people who have been um, domestic violence survivors? Maybe there are people listening who they really want to get out of this. I've been out of it many, many years, guys, many years. I'm doing great. You're going to be fine. You got to get out. There's no such thing as counseling. Nobody who's a good counselor is going to counsel people knowing that there's domestic violence in the relationship, nor should they. Um, by the way, the domestic violence hotline, if you are listening, it's 1-800-799-7233. Um, suicide prevention hotline, if you're listening, and before you get a chance to talk to Sam, um, is 1-800-273-8255. So can you give some advice for maybe somebody who is, is struggling very specifically with domestic violence and struggling to get out and wants to talk to somebody, but is afraid? Yeah. So, so first of all, thank you for bringing that up. And, and people are struggling. Thank you for bringing up those numbers. Um, and here's what I want to say. And, you know, it, it feels a little hollow. It feels, a, but... But it, but it is true. You are not alone. You are not alone. And there is help. And if you haven't found the help yet, keep trying. And there are going to be people out there who are shaming you and tell you you brought this upon yourself. And I beg you not to listen because it's garbage. Okay? You are not alone. And there is help. And I beg you to keep looking until you find it. Absolutely. That's, thank you. I guess we're going to start closing in on that. 
I mean, the reality of it is, is that people who are not good people prey on people who are in difficult situations. My brother had just died one month um, yeah. after I met that person. I was in a very vulnerable position and you probably were too. So I'm so glad that you mentioned it's not your fault. Let's get you out of it so we can start get you back loving yourself again. And, and that don't goes give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Absolutely. And that go, there's so many resources available and that goes for our veterans as well. That goes for, um, and you work with veterans, I'm guessing too, yep. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, people who are survivors of child sexual abuse, um, very difficult, but also don't give up. Um, don't. And if I may, I'd like to put a plug out there too, if this makes sense, a, a, plug, a plug for trauma survivors, um, a plug out there for the child who says, you know, the, the adult child now, you know, who's grown up and says, you know, I wasn't abused, but I just wasn't loved. I wasn't wanted. I wasn't seen. I wasn't noticed. There's help for you too. That isn't how it's supposed to be. You know, for people that um, suffered chronic neglect and parents that didn't pay attention to them and who were watching their phones or their portfolio and weren't seeing their children. Um, you're, you're seen. I see you. I see you. And you experience trauma too. I'm, and we'll end on that. And I think I love that you did that because it brings it full circle to what we were talking about when we started, that it's not necessarily something over here on this particular spectrum. So I brought it to that spectrum and you brought it back over here too. It could be something over here and you're not counting it as being traumatic because you're told ah, you, you had food, you had water, you went to school, you were all right, you lived, you, you had a bicycle, you know, whatever, right? Yeah. And so they're, they're being told that, that, again, so talk about re-traumatizing, they're being told again, ah, that doesn't matter. None of that matters. But you're saying you do matter and I see you and I see you too. So thank you so much for being here, Sam. This was great. Just so organic and great. We got to do another presentation again soon. I just, it, it, it's, you're so easy to, to talk to and be with and, um, well, all the you. same, all the same back to you, Ingrid. So thank, thank you, you so much. And thank you for bringing this issue up. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Oh, if you want to get a hold of us, um, <laughs> let, me, let me do that. Sam Johnson, how do people get a hold of you, sir? Yeah, my, my very narcissistic website, which is my name. <laughs> right. <laughs> SamGaryJohnson.com be the okay. best way and my contact information is there fantastic and um and that's it and uh so here i am on relationships in progress and uh it's been a pleasure glad you joined us please join us again soon and um bye everybody